Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits, and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable, and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. Hey, Magic Makers, I have an amazing guest on top today. One of the biggest reasons why women tell me they can't eat healthy is cooking. So I found Miss Linda Liederman. She is a meal magician. Linda doesn't only whip up great meals. She is all about experiences. She is a firm believer that food isn't just fuel. It's a celebration. It's a memory maker. It's a bond builder. Linda wasn't always this culinary genius though. Her kitchen calamities are now cherished family legends and she shares it all in today's Fit Girl Magic podcast. Linda has got a bag full of meal planning tricks and how to make one meal into multiple meals using pantry staples and what you have on hand and other simple things so that you don't feel like you're trying to be this culinary genius in the kitchen. So grab those aprons, ladies, and prepare to be inspired. Enjoy the show. Hey, Magic Makers. It's this week's iTunes review. Amy W. Fitness says, Kim knows her stuff, keeps it real on all levels, five stars. Awesome podcast series on relatable topics that women deal with. Kim's advice, along with her sense of humor, is what everyone needs to find their fit girl magic. Well, thank you so much, Amy W. Fitness. That warms my heart. If you haven't yet left your review, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and hit rate and then hopefully it's a five-star hint and leave me a review. Thanks. Okay, magic makers. I don't know about you, but I can name the top like five things that I hear when I ask people to be like, hey, how's your nutrition? And the first thing people say to me is like, oh, I'm a horrible cooker. Oh, I don't know what to cook. Oh, I'm too busy. You know, you name it. I've heard it. And so guess what? I'm going to shut down that that excuse because I have Miss Linda Liederman here. And you know what her specialty is? Helping busy women cook food at home. What sold me on having her on the show, ladies and gentlemen, is that she said she was a bad cook and was told to stop cooking. She also realizes that not everybody wants to be Martha Stewart. Hello, I don't either. So she's the perfect person to have on the show for all of you all up in your head telling yourself you can't cook a healthy meal at home. Linda, welcome to the show. Thanks. I love that introduction and I love your enthusiasm. Well, I mean, you know, this is your job. So how many times does one of your potential clients come to you and say, oh, I'm a horror in the kitchen. I can't do this. I can't do that. And you're just like, girlfriend, been there, done that. I would say almost everybody that comes to me is either telling me they don't know how to do it, they don't have time, or they're really bad and bored with the limited. Yeah. And so, you know, let's go back. So like now everyone who's kind of on board and they're like, okay, she gets me. (laughs) 
you know, what was it that, you know, you were told to get out of the kitchen. <laughs> this is not your place. What made you decide, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot? Because I'm sure someone listening has been told that. Give you a little background on that story, because I was really, really bad and the most boring cook on the planet. And she said, all right, smart Alec. And she went and she bought me a book called The Joy of Cooking, which at the time was a very, very big, big cookbook with no pictures. Oh. I didn't know how to cook. And I had no pictures. And she said, once a week, you're going to pick out a recipe. Tell me what the ingredients are. I'll buy them. And you're going to cook. Well, the pressure was really on because I couldn't do anything that was ordinary because I already told her she was boring. So the first time I made something, I made Swedish meatballs. And trust me, there's not a bit of Swedish in my blood. Um, I have <laughs> no idea what they were supposed to look like, what they should taste like. And believe me, whatever that answer was, was not what I made. It was horrible. <laughs> it was a But my, pa- my family said, okay, we'll give you a pass. It's the first time. Hey, magic makers. Are you ready to reclaim your life from menopause? Well, I have an upcoming mini course, Three Days to Conquer Menopause and Mayhem. And in this mini course, it will help you to take control over all of your menopause symptoms, even the ones that most people never told you about. We only heard about hot flashes, but I'm talking about all the other changes that happen during menopause. I'm going to be peeling back that curtain and no one is going to feel left like they're fumbling around in the dark because I'm ripping down that curtain. Over three days, I will give you simple, sustainable techniques that will provide long-term relief for your pesky menopause symptoms. I will share with you not only why your diet is effective as a bucket with a hole in it, but more importantly, what to do about it instead. I'll be giving you tools that help you embrace and thrive in your 40s with confidence and gosh, energy. It's time to embrace a new era of epicness. So if you are ready to take the first step towards a hot flash free, weight free menopause journey, do me a favor, click the link in the show notes. I'll see you on the other side. The second time I made veal cordon bleu, I still can't say it many years later, don't know what possessed me to make this dish. It was horrible. And after the third time I did it, they banned me. So you asked me, well, what what changed? And the answer is, I guess it's my attitude towards everything because I didn't want to go down in flames. Mm. I took it upon me as game on. All right. Yeah, I really stink at this. I'm really horrible. I'm officially banned. I'm going to do better. And I'm going to show you I'm going to be a great cook one day. So everybody's got the potential because if I can go from that horrible cook to where I am today, your audience can too. And you know, it's funny because it's, I, I think about it. You're right. Like the, the cookbooks of our, our youth, no pictures or maybe five. Right. And there was in the middle, not next to the right. recipe. <laughs> right. So you, like you said, like if you had never seen Swedish meatballs, you have no idea what the consistency is supposed to be like or what the look's supposed to be like. So you're just flying blind back then. Yes, exactly. It was not pretty. No. And so, you know, so you're like, okay, I'm game on. I got to figure this out. I can't be the world's worst cook because this is where most women sit down and like, well, it's a sign. It's, it's a sign or they say, you know, it's only dinner. And yeah. truthfully, it's not only dinner because dinner is, you know, most of our lives revolve around food, whether we want to admit it or not. You know, obviously we have to eat every day, but we celebrate everything with food, whether it's births, mm-hmm. unfortunate deaths, um, mm-hmm. graduations, you name it. 
everything is celebrated with food and that creates memories and yeah. it may be creating habits habits if you you know when you sit down for dinner one part of my philosophy is it should be a holistic experience it's not mm-hmm. just be getting the food in your mouth and going off and playing on your computer you know and your kids going upstairs afterwards it should be a time where everybody unwinds starts to laugh gets to be themselves for once during the day when you have to wear so many different personas so yeah you want to be able to have that atmosphere in your house you want your family to be able to have that atmosphere so it's it's beyond food yeah Start looking at your meals as it's beyond food. Then even if you make a lousy meal every once in a while, if you're going to have a great time at dinner, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, You're right about like the memories around food um, because, you know, during COVID, many of us were trapped at home and I didn't think much of it that my husband and I started to have lunch together and I've always worked from home and I would always like make my lunch, come back upstairs and work while I, while I did lunch, while I ate lunch. And that was a few, one time that we sat down and we had lunch. And I remember overhearing him saying like, oh yeah, the best part of my day is having lunch with my wife. And I was like, yeah. and I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, I love it. And still to this day, we, we, you know, in the morning we're like, when are we going to have lunch? And we like make a time to just sit in the kitchen and have lunch nothing elaborate but that it doesn't is, and it doesn't have to be and that's right. part of the key of learning how to cook nothing has to be a gourmet meal every meal it doesn't have to be right but you can make really delicious food quickly and healthily if that's a real word I don't know I might have just yeah. made that up. um it's a word but, in my book yeah but it's 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 not that hard once you know the secrets on how to do it yeah and, that- and the secrets on where to cut your corners now, I, and I absolutely love that. So like, you know, everyone listening, because I think so many people, you know, just like you, like you had got this cookbook or, you know, nowadays we have a whole damn channel dedicated to cooking and you see all these recipes. And I know, you know, when you see the blogs or the Pinterest and there's like, I have new and all this, you kind of get overwhelmed. You're just like, <laughs> crap, I got to go. I got to, I got to go 50 places to find, you know, for one day. Spend dish. a fortune on ingredients. I'm only going to use once because I'm going to forget the recipe I used them in. Right. Or you're like, you eat it and you're like, mm, tastes like shit. Not going to drink it anymore. <laughs> so, you know, so let, let's go back. So you're like, all right, I'm game on. I'm going to figure this out. I'm, I'm tired of getting kicked out of the kitchen. Right. So I, I, I did some research. I started taking some cooking classes. Um, I had a, a very full career before I did what I do now. I was a lawyer. I did many other things. Um, but I always thought that entertaining was an important part of my life. My parents were big entertainers. Now they weren't cooking. My dad was a great barbecue, but they, my mom, you know, didn't cook. They bought their hors d'oeuvres or their side dishes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it was still a, an amazing thing to entertain. And so I said, well, you know, I'm going to learn how to cook so I can entertain because I certainly didn't have a budget to to buy my food already made in any kind of way. And I would just experiment and I would have girlfriends over and we'd say, okay, here's a recipe. What are we going to try to cook? And then we'd communally try to figure out something. Sometimes Um, I took cooking classes. I took a lot of cooking classes and I started buying a lot of cooking cookbooks that I could relate to. Mm. I found the ones with pictures. I found the ones with the easy instructions. And I just worked my way up. And eventually I ended up taking a lot of cooking classes. Um, But a lot of it's just practice and not being willing to be defeated. You know, and if you have a bad, if you have a bad meal, you can laugh 
about it. I mean, yeah, some yeah. of my favorite memories are some really good cooking disasters, and oh. they become legends in my family. Um, and that's kind of what it's all about. Yeah. And you're right. Like, you know, I think, you know, a lot of the women who are in my audience, we are perfectionists, right? And so, you know, we always want to do that one thing and just nail it, right? Knock it out of the park when we do it. And, you know, I think the fear of, like you said, like you had one or two bad misses, you're like, well, guess that's not what I do anymore. You know, it's, it's a lesson that I teach my kids all the time. And I, I believe that you should always be learning. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, it could be in any area, whether it's, it doesn't matter, just pick whatever you have an interest in. So when I make a dish, the first thing I ask my family is, is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Ah. And if I get a thumbs down, I'm not defeated because I say, okay, what could I do differently next yeah. time? Yeah, and yeah. now I'm enrolling my family in the process. I'm making mm. them think about what flavors do they like? What textures? Yeah. What scents do they like? And then I try to incorporate, I mean, some of their suggestions are pretty ridiculous, but that's all right. They're loud. Right. Um, then I try to incorporate some of their suggestions next time because now they know I'm going to make it another time because I already asked for their comments. So it's not a one and done, I'm defeated kind of experiment. And now they have skin in the game because now they're going to want to try it because I've actually incorporated something they said. So it's a learning process for everybody. Yeah really a function of your mindset and your attitude. So if you're willing to learn, if you're willing to laugh, you're willing to take constructive criticism, you can only win. You know, and I, and I like that because, you know, there, you know, we all have different flavor profiles and different things that our families kind of gravitate towards. And if you try to, you know, break out of the box and you try something new and your family's like, yeah, we don't really like Thai food. And you're like, all right, we're we're not going to go down that flavor profile anymore, you know, especially if you have, you know, little kids, you know, little kids, you know, like, and agreed, some of us are like, okay, I'm sick of the damn chicken nuggets. <laughs> but it's like, if you start to invest, have your family invest in what you cook, one, you don't feel so defeated, but also they feel like they have a say, you know, I remember when I was a kid, what was on the plate was on your plate. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of variety in my house either. No. And I feel like, you know, maybe people today, because I think because, you know, where the world has expanded more than it was when I was a kid. But if, I feel like you had like certain things on Monday, certain things on Tuesdays, and it was just kind of a rinse and repeat kind of meal that you had. And I mean, I always look forward to Friday because I was pizza day. So. <laughs> so one of the things that I, that when I work with, with women is what I do is you know, I'm, I'm realistic. Nobody wants to cook from scratch every day of the week. I mean, yes. who wants that they can repurpose them so they're not cooking from scratch. Um, they're getting variety in their dinners and it's a win-win and you're not wasting food. So it's a, really a win-win. And it's just, you have to know those tricks. Well, you know, so funny that you said, I, I love that, you know, like, you know, I think so many people, I think that's what gets people overwhelmed is that like every single day, it has to be something new and fresh and exciting versus Monday, you're, you're going to make this big thing on Monday and you're going to eat it maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, and then you're going to make a big thing on Wednesday and maybe eat it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, where, you know, when people think dinner, they think every night has to be this something. Yeah. And, and and on to that point, I mean, nobody wants their taco Tuesday on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. Right. You know, it's you know, you just don't want to have that same meal all the time. So I'll, I'll give you an easy example of what people can do. So um, 
I make my, my family loves um, Asian meatballs mm-hmm. and you can make it with meat. You can make it with chicken. You can make it with turkey, however you want to do it. Right. And I make right. mine in the oven because I don't want to clean the splatter from a pan. <laughs> you know, I just want to make it nice and easy. Facts. So I make these Asian meatballs and you can make them as spices or as you want. Um, and one night I might serve them with, let's say, bok choy, you know, sauteed in a little garlic and maybe an right. Asian sauce or something and rice. Now I can take and I make a big, big batch of rice because right. on another night I can take my leftover rice and turn it into fried rice because right. you need day old rice to make fried rice. So yes, recipe is almost halfway done. I can take if I make enough meatballs and my family scarfs them down. So there's not always leftovers. But if I make a lot of them, I can take the meatballs on another day and crumple them and put them with, let's say, a hosen sauce, which you can buy. You right. Know, exactly lettuce leaf and you have that for dinner yeah yeah yeah. totally different flavor and make it with that fried rice that you use the leftover rice with the leftover meatballs with the totally flavor you had two dinners done and it didn't take you any more time than it made to make that one dinner right and and i I love that because you know i I know some of the clients i have they have children they're like mom we don't like leftovers where what you just said i've visually tricked you i've used the same meat product. Yep. I cut it in half. I made meatballs. The other half I'm making lettuce leaves or I'm making something else that mm-hmm. is the same basics. I've just chopped it up versus put it into a ball. Yeah. And change a little bit of the flavor profile yeah. at the end. Really simple way to cook. Um, and now all of a sudden your burden of having to cook something every night during the week, is not such a burden anymore. Yeah. And, you know, it's those, it's those simple things. And I also like how you said that, you know, you believe in shortcuts and, you know, I'm the queen of the pre-chopped, pre-shredded, pre-whatever. If someone else could do that piece of the work and all I have to do is zip open a pack, sign me up. There's there's no no shame in that. I'm highly with you on that idea. Listen, I buy my carrots shredded because if mm-hmm. I'm going to make one thing I like to do is I like to make a salad that's going to last a week. And a lot of people say you can't make a salad last a week. Who are you fooling? And I don't make salads because I got to make them every night and it's right. a pain in the rear end. So the answer is no, it can last a week. And mm-hmm. all you do is you take a big Tupperware, line it with towel papers, put your lettuce in, make sure it's nice and dry, put your shredded carrots or your purple cabbage, whatever you want. That's not a wet vegetable. So don't put your cucumbers in there. Don't put your tomatoes in there. And then put another piece of paper towel on top and put your cover on. That salad's going to last you a week. Now you're going to say, well, maybe I don't want to eat salad all week because that's really boring. But if your salad is already made, you can use that salad for your taco toppings. Yeah. Or cutting everything up the night you're making your tacos. You could have leftover roast chicken in it and have a salad with roast leftover roast chicken from another night in it. Right. There's a million things you use it for your lunches. Yeah. So you yeah, can yeah. Make all kinds of salads for your lunches, but it's already done. So again, they talk about little tricks. It's an easy way to get things done. It's a little bit of meal prep, but really it's just, you're making a salad and it lasts yeah. you for the week. And, you know, very similar to you, like I'm, oh, I'm not opposed to meal prep, but I'm opposed to, you know, you see those people on the Instagram and they have like the black trays and they have, Oh my God, there goes my Sunday. Forget about it. Right, it's not exactly. happening in my house. Right. <laughs> I see that. And I'm like, you know, even during the, th- the throes of my meal prep days, I always found a way to be like, can I, I was like cooking my Sunday dinner and meal prepping. I was like, I am not spending half my day in my damn kitchen. Like that is just not happening. But you know, the chicks and chicks you're giving right now, I love because it's like, I eat salad every day, but 
I do what you do. Like it's literally, I'm pulling things out of a pre-cut, pre-chopped, and it takes me 10 minutes and I'm done. Yeah. The longest. I I think that the secret to meal planning and meal prepping is to find the solution that works with your lifestyle. You know, just like clothes, there's not one size fit all. I don't care what those manufacturers say. It's not true. It's not going to fit me. You know I mean? It's it's just the way it is. But there are meal plans that are flexible and meal prep that's flexible that will work with your lifestyle. Right. And that's really the secret to it all. For all the people who say, I don't have time, I don't know what to do. The answer is, let's find the secret to what works for you, something that you're comfortable with that you'll be able to do on your own over time. Yeah. You know, what's funny. So let's go back. I think where most people get tripped up, and I think this is probably where you help a lot of your people is the planning. I think where so many people miss the boat is sitting down and it doesn't have to be an hours long thing. I've been doing some meal planning. You know, how do you help your clients sit down and say, okay, we got seven days. What the hell are we going to cook? So I, I, I start a little bit before that. So I like to start with having people know what's in their pantry, mm-hmm. know what's in their fridge, and know what's in the freezer. Yes. And once they know what's there, then I have ask them, well, let's see out what else you need. Yeah. So now it's like, what do you have? What do you need? And then the third step of the process is, how do you use it? Yeah. So because I don't want my clients to have to go out and buy everything fresh or new, because I guarantee you, everybody's got stuff in their pantries that they could live off of for a while if they just knew what to do with it. Thousand percent. So you don't want to. You don't. You don't want to make them spend a lot of money if they don't have to. So I, I start with that, and then I say, okay, let's see what recipes you already know how to make, and which recipes your family actually will be willing to eat. Right. Right. So then we can look at that, and then we can say, well, let's see if there's anything in common with them. Like mm. if you've got five chicken recipes, well, let's see, is there a base recipe we can use on day one? And then conform, change it into one of the, your other recipes on day three. Right. So it doesn't have to be a formal process. I mean, you could, when you're familiar with a, a handful of recipes that you can make, you can go to the grocery store and say, okay, I know I have a late meeting on Wednesday, so I can't cook then. So you don't need to know your calendar before you do anything. Yes. And then when you start to do your grocery shopping and your grocery lists, see what common ingredients, things that you have are in common with your recipes because maybe things can overlap and you can cut some time down that way. Or you can say, okay, I'm going to go. And even if you don't want to think of your recipes, you can go into the grocery store and say, okay, I'm going to buy chicken and I'll figure out what I'm going to do with this chicken when I have to, but I know I'm going to have chicken twice a week. So I can buy enough chicken to last me twice. Right. Exactly. And I know my my son, who's an athlete, insists on having a ton of meat. <laughs> so and I got to buy meat for him. Right. Um, and so you can think of things in really broad terms when you're quote unquote meal planning. Right. If you don't have the time or the ability to sit down and write everything out or the inclination, because personally, I, I want my clients to get to the point where they don't have to write everything out. Right, I right. want them to know that they're comfortable with the recipes they have for variety without learning something new. It's mm. going to be easy because they have that well-stocked pantry. Maybe they've got a couple of simmer sauces they can use on that chicken yeah. instead of cooking something from scratch. Maybe they have a different spice blend they can use on that chicken during the week. There's many things you can do. So if you just have a general idea 
of the proteins you want to serve during the week and maybe whatever side greens you want to have um, or starches and your vegetables. Just have that general idea and you can meal plan generally without having to feel that, oh my God, I have to stick to this plan and this is worse than having to go to PE when I was in elementary school. You don't want that. You want it to be fun that you're looking forward to it. You know, it's funny that you say that because I feel that, um, you know, some people feel like if I were to plan, it feels like that very like rigid school lunch schedule. Like this is the only thing you can have on Monday and this is the only thing you could have on Tuesday and so forth. And where you've just described where it's like, I always tell my clients, you know, like you said, look at your calendar first. What's your deal? And then go from there. Or you could, you know, and sometimes people really like to have a theme day and there's nothing wrong with that because that gives them an initial framework and that's fine. But what I would say to the Taco Tuesday people, it doesn't always have to be ground meat tacos. Yeah. Maybe you want to have a fish taco. Maybe mm-hmm. you want to have a pulled pork taco. Maybe you want shrimp taco. So even with your framework, you can have a lot of creativity built in. Yeah. Um, and I, and I like that because I also, the other thing is, as we were talking about, there are like prepared proteins, um, you know, the, the Kevin's meals are now, are now more nationwide than they used to be. Um, I know my grocery store and probably where you are, um, I can even buy pre-shredded chicken that the store makes. So right, it's, a, right. so yeah, you don't want to prepackage, but if it's freshly made, why not? Yeah. Because I, I, it's been, you know, over over the last few years, I've seen a lot of more of these kind of like pre-done things for you that if mm-hmm. you're someone who does have, you know, we all have that week where like every kid is going here, there and everywhere that have, you know, you physically making, taking the time to make a meal just is not going to happen with your time schedule. You know, there's plenty of, you know, options out there that you can, you know, pre-make a meal and still make it pretty healthy. Absolutely. Or, you know, you can take something as easy as chicken tenders and those are going to cook up in five minutes because they're, mm-hmm. they're so thin. And you could just saute some onions and garlic and maybe ginger and put a, a tiki masala simmer sauce on top of it. And that cooks in five minutes and your dinner is done. Yeah. Use the leftover rice from your, your meatballs, you know, um, but it's it's simple. And if you want to put a vegetable in there, you can throw some spinach in that sauce cooking with the chicken. Right. So, you know, you can make a one dish dinner. In under 15 minutes. It's really not that hard. No. And how are you with, um, you know, I, I think COVID, everyone either bought an Instapot or a Crock-Pot. Um, you know, are those some of the recipes that you throw into um, your clients' kind of repertoire? Okay, so here's the, my embarrassing confession. <laughs> Don't hold this against me. It just shows you that I'm real. So I have an Instapot. Mm-hmm. And I use it as a slow cooker. I have no problem. I've had a friend show me how to use it as a pressure cooker. I have yet to conquer my fear of oh, this using it as a pressure cooker. So sorry uh, if somebody in your audience wants to give me the comfort level I need to use that function. I'd be happy to learn it. It's funny that you say that because I remember when I was a little kid and my grandparent, my grandfather was he loved to cook, and I remember him cooking like with the pressure cooker and I remember it would always be this like you know like bomb type event of like (laughs) everything that had to be set up before he like did this pressure cooker yeah and so I think I would have that same kind of PTSD of like you know I I even went so far as to buy um 
they're like little rubbery figures, like this picture of dragon. And you yeah. put it on the thing that where the steam comes out. So when the steam comes out, it comes out of the dragon mouth. I mean, I'm really right. trying to trick myself to wanting to use this appliance, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's, and it's funny because it's like, I just remember that was just like, and I can't remember what he cooked. I have to ask my mother, but I, he would cook. It would probably be like once a month, he would cook this thing and it was delicious, but it was like this event to make this dish. I think it was... Yep. I think it was split pea soup. I have to ask my mother, but it was, I just remember the big to do when the, this pot yeah. came out. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, I, I work with an Instapot as, as my slow cooker. Yeah. Um, and I have, I have an air fryer. I finally broke down and did it. And, you know, for those people out there who are thinking, do I need an air fryer or not? I always said, and I still say this, um, if you have a convection oven, you don't need an air fryer because a convection oven is the same thing as an air fryer. So don't let the marketing fool you on that. Um, I got shamed into getting mine because my son went off to college and said, Ma, one of my roommates had an air fryer and I can do A, B, C, and D and blah, 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 blah. And lo and behold, we ended up getting an air fryer. So, <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny. I'm, I, I, I go back and forth because I do have a convection oven and I had a conve- I've had a convection oven um I moved into a house where the woman was a chef and I am not. Um, so I had this convection oven and we use it, but I feel like the air fryer for certain things, it's a little bit more concentrated. Yes. And that's why we use it. So I feel like it's a little bit more concentrated. So like I go back and forth, like certain things that the convection oven, fabulous, but that it's that like small space that it's just swirling around. It just gets a little bit. And, it, and also you don't have to heat up your whole kitchen in the summer. If you want to, you know, if you don't air conditioning. <laughs> and my convection oven is also a toaster oven and a broiler and all those other little things. So yeah. it's actually, I actually have a double oven and my, my air fryer, but, and I do a lot of entertaining. So to me, it actually comes in handy because there's another appliance that I get to use when I'm cooking things for a party. Yeah, I know. I just, the, as you just described that, like my mom does Thanksgiving every year. And I just remember it was just like, we have, you know, two ovens and like, she has a, like, it's got to bat so much that she has an actual thing that cooks a turkey in so she can have the oven. Wow. Wow. She was just like, I, you know, she's like, I'm sick of working at 4 a.m. Like, just, <laughs> <laughs> just to put in the damn turkey. So she's like, it can sit on the counter and do its thing. And I don't have to get up at the crack of dawn anymore. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, well, I mean, she cooks for like 20 something people. So it was just like yeah. a whirlwind of like, you know, um, timing. I was just going to say, it's an exercise in timing. When do I have to reheat the potatoes? <laughs> you know, to right. get coming out hot at the same time. Right. You're like, what takes the longest? And like work backwards. And it's just, I'm like, I, I'm like, I mean, I'm always like in awe. I'm like, God love you. I'm just like, that is like the hardest part of Thanksgiving is the timing absolutely yeah. <laughs> so you know so as people come to you you know your biggest thing that you teach them is how do you kind of like max it's the biggest thing you teach them how to maximize their time in the kitchen so that they are able to create these healthy meals like what are some of the biggest kind of takeaways that like your clients have from working with you um they actually get confident in their cooking skills Mm-hmm. And that's true of people who didn't feel that they had cooking skills before. So we'll work on a menu together. They'll know what they'll have the recipes in advance and then we'll cook them together so they can see ah. um, how is she cutting that? <laughs> you know, how is she holding that knife? Yeah. You know, all the little things 
that when you know those skills, it makes it easier. And once it becomes easier, it becomes more enjoyable. And once it becomes enjoyable, you're getting less stress about it. You're getting less resentment that you have to feed mm. everybody when you're tired at the end of the day. So it's all it all snowballs into yeah. making it a really wonderful time. And then I also pepper my classes with um, things you can do at the dinner table. Because like I said before, if you actually have a good time at dinner, mm. focus is not always on the food, right. it's on the family and the fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that starts taking some pressure off of you as well. So if you can go into a dinner with some ideas of, well, geez, you know, maybe we should talk about this today, or maybe we can play this game, or maybe, you know, we can do something else, right, or maybe right. you make a dinner that's a thematic thing that you want to carry into dinner. Maybe you want to make dinner with all blue foods and have right. them guess what the theme was, you know, whatever, right, exactly. whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now all of a sudden it becomes a fun thing. And if you have those skills and the organization and the ideas, and you get those hopefully from working with me, it makes it just a pleasant, wonderful time for everybody. And then the people that you're eating with, whether it be friends or a spouse or family or kids, whatever it is, everybody loves it. And everybody wants to be like you. And I have to say, so my name of my business is Balabusta Secret. And a Balabusta is Yiddish term for a woman who makes a fine home. And my fine home, like you said, it's not the Martha Stewart. My fine home is the home that everybody wants to go to. They know they're going to have a great time. They're going to be well fed. They're going to share laughter and stories. And it's going to be warm and wonderful. And that's the kind of home I feel everybody deserves to have. Mm. And it's not so hard to make. So, um, I think you can do it. And I hope that the people who work with me come along and come out of working with me with that feeling like I know how to create that home now and that family life and that mealtime, wonderful memory. No, I, and I really, I really like that because you're right. Cause it's like, you want to look back at like your daily dinners with your family and not be like, oh, that's the time mom's going to torture me about homework or whatever. There, So it doesn't feel like, torture that you you look forward to be like yes I want to come home for dinner and you know maybe it's movie trivia trivia nights that you guys have whatever it is but it's something that kind of like you said it it brings the food in so the food is more of like a um not the main character of it it nourishes you in one way and the camaraderie at the table nourishes you in another way. I mean, to this day, my kids and my kids are, are a little older. They just are in college right now. Um, But when they're home, they'll say, um, what are we playing for dinner at dinner tonight? Yeah. Holy cow. They still want to play games at dinner. And when the friends come over and, and we shared, I said to them, you know, did Max or Abby tell you that we play games at the dinner table? And they said, yes. And I said, well, did they tell you you're supposed to participate? And they say, yes. And now you're not asking their friends, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do right. in school? Because now you have a focus at something fun. And right. that's how you get to know people because their guards are down and they're just being themselves. Right. And it also, you know, I, I have my friends who have children. Um, they've always said, you know, you want to be the house that the kids want to come to. Absolutely. Then he's like, you'll, you'll, you, one, you see more stuff, but two, you also, that people feel like you said, the guards down so that they feel more comfortable and you over, you know, you hear things and how things are going and what's going on so that you're not always feeling like in the dark about your kids' lives. 100%. And you want their friends to feel comfortable coming to you should they ever have a problem that they don't feel comfortable going to somebody else. Right. Exactly. So I know, and I really, I really like that. And I think if I, I'm going to, 
tell my husband, I'm like, Hey, I just had this great conversation. And I'm like, guess what dinner's going to be like? He's going to be like, Oh, great. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you can play games with your husband. at dinner oh, I, too. I know. You know it's really fun. <laughs> I know. That's what he's going to make great. Now what? Like, what are we going to do with dinner? <laughs> Excuse me. You can make it as easy as playing Mad Libs at the table. Yeah. You know, those old fashioned Mad Libs. It's a oh, great yeah. way to have a conversation. I know. Those were those were like I remember my mom would just like throw them in the back seat on a on a car yep. trip. <laughs> uh, but you mentioned co co cooking sessions. Now is that something I can do in person or I can also do virtually? Oh, virtually. Perfect. Absolutely. That's the whole idea. Perfect. You know, not everybody lives next to me, <laughs> you know. So yeah, absolutely. Virtually. Great, great, great. No, and I, I like that idea because, um, you know, uh, you know, my husband started cooking a lot more, you know, COVID, we had no place to go. Um, and the things I took for granted was, you know, I, I worked at a wait- as a waitress and nine times out of 10, you had to do something in the kitchen to like help them prep and just knife skills. And I just didn't think of it as like, I was learning something. It was just kind of like, I was there to chop something up and I didn't think there was a skill to it. But there is a skill to it and it makes your life much easier and it makes your fingers much safer. Yeah. But it was, I thought it was more like, it was more, you know, in a restaurant, it's all about um, food costs. So it was like, you cut it this way. And I'm in my head, I just equate it to like food costs. Like you want to kind of, you know, as thin as possible or a certain way to maximize how many you get out of a certain something or another. But also even size, even size cut gives you even kind of cooking. Yeah. Because if, let's say you're making a sheet pan dinner because you don't want to make a mess and you want everything on that one pan. You know, you want your broccoli florets to be roughly the same size so they cook evenly. You don't want right. some that are going to burn because you made them too small and the other ones are still going to be really, really too crunchy. Right. No. And and I and I love that. And so I know that um, you've did, have you written a cookbook? No, I have not. OK. In my mind, maybe yes, but, but, but not physically. <laughs> now, is that ever uh, something that's like in your horizon or you're just more about the helping people just pull it all you together? You know, here's, here's the thing. Um, when I work with people, we always have to start with recipes because you have to learn somewhere. Yeah, So that's absolutely. A, a good thing. But I tell them, you don't have to follow a recipe mm-hmm. once you start being comfortable what you're doing. And I personally don't follow it. Baking is different. You have to follow yeah. recipes. Baking, baking is a science. I don't do science for baking. I, I just, <laughs> bake. I'd rather buy it or tell somebody to bring dessert. I just, yeah. It's not me. But for cooking, I just find it so creative. Mm. And so once you know how the basics of cooking are, feel free to add your own stuff, you know, or you could be looking at a recipe the first time and say, you know, like I always say my family loves garlic. I'm looking at a recipe and if it's got two cloves of garlic, I'm going, that's not working in my house, you know, so I'll just add more garlic. You know, you have to know where you can adapt, where you can't. So in terms of me doing a cookbook, I'd rather give people the ability to create on their own. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm the same way, you know, if it says two cloves of garlic, it really means four. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) But I, I'm I'm with you. Like I'm that like I'll follow loosely follow a recipe, but I'll taste them like something's missing. And you just kind of like look around your kitchen and you start to throw stuff in because you're like, ah. I'm like, it's just missing. Yep. But again, I guess yeah. I think and I and I'll do that to my kids too sometimes. And it's it's great to do with someone say, what does it need? And again, yeah. it's another way of getting them to be thinking, um, and getting their chops wet in the in the kitchen. Now, do your kids cook at all? I've taught my kids how to cook since they were little. I think that's an essential skill everybody needs to do. Um, 
I think that's a great thing. You know, it's uh, it's funny that you say that you should have your kids help you um, in the kitchen because there this recently there was a study that came out about how if you start including your kids in like household chores, it doesn't feel like a chore. It's just what you do, like you know, unloading the dishwasher. It's part or, of the routine. Yeah, it's just it's what you do. So when they get older, and you would love for them to help you out with these things, it's not this like you know, beg, borrowing, stealing to get them to do things. Absolutely. And, you know, it's also a good thing, especially with the the folks who have, you know, I, I try to not use picky eaters because if a kid hears they're a picky eater, it kind of makes them deal, dig in their heels more. Yes, I am a picky eater, even if they're right. not. So, you know, selective eaters or people who are developing their palates, whatever you want to call them. Well, but I like if you that. Take those kids to the grocery store and or to a farmer's market, even better, and say, let's pick out something we've never had before and, and figure out how to cook it. And so now, again, that goes back to my skin in the game kind of concept, you know, because now they're saying, okay, look at this. It's a purple cauliflower. Whoever saw such a thing. Yeah, well, then try it, you know, so involve them in every step of the way. And you can do that when they're really little, you know, just so they get the idea of it's okay to try things. You know, it's okay to experiment and, and learn what your flavor profiles are. You know, I, I, you know, I love that because I think, um, you know, there are many, you know, women, that's one of their challenges that they have this, uh, they have either one or multiple children who are that um, developing palate. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, I mean, I, I know I have a friend who their son and God love them. Their son only eats um, these like chicken nuggets from Wendy's and yeah she like buys it you know buys dozens of them and throws them in the freezer and and i'm like god love you because i don't know if i would do that yeah yeah I had, a, I had a friend whose son only ate mac and cheese no matter what it had to be craft mac and cheese for thanksgiving i had to make a mac and cheese on the side it was crazy yeah so i i like the you know sure you make the mac and cheese but like hey let's go and you know Try, try, try something, something that we can mix into it. You know, maybe we have, we mix in some peas or whatever it is to kind of see if we can push that stage along. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but this has been absolutely fabulous. And, you know, I, I, I love everything you've said. You know, everything you've said is really something that anybody who is trying to get out of their own way when it comes to cooking, get out of their own heads. Everything you said was, is doable, right? You never, you know, we never said we're going to, you know, um, what was that movie? This is probably like 10, 15 years ago. And similar to your joy of cooking, she was, uh, uh, she was trying to cook the Julia Child cookbook. Oh yeah. 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 And you know, her kitchen, like just looked like who did it got away with it. You're not saying that (laughs) you're like, Google fast recipe and we can get you started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you just got to get started somewhere. Yeah. You know, and, and start with something that will be an easy win for you. Yeah. I mean, don't start with the Swedish meatballs. Maybe they are easy, but at the time they weren't. Um, but just start with something, a roast chicken, something easy. Um, and once you get that satisfaction of, wow, I cooked something and it wasn't horrible. Right. You know, you might be motivated to cook something else that won't be horrible. Yeah, yeah. And then kind of like work your way up to the Swedish meatball. Exactly. I'm still not there. <laughs> and now I'm going to have to Google Swedish meatball because in my head, the only thing when I think meatball 
is like, you know, you go to Ikea and you see people eat the meatballs. And I'm yes, like, I think is. those are Swedish meatballs, but I'm going to have to Google yes. that. And, you know, I haven't looked at a recipe for it since I was a teen because I'm probably afraid and embarrassed to see how easy it really is. <laughs> <laughs> but see, here's the thing. If, had you not had that epic fail, will we be sitting here having this conversation? I, I absolutely would not be. So, you know, you can, like I say, you learn from your failures and that's how you grow. Yeah. This has been such a great conversation. So where can people find you? So I have a Facebook group called Easy Weeknight Dinners for Busy Moms. Oh, I love that. And it's a lot of fun in there. We we have a lot of laughs. We have a lot of good recipes, a lot of um, communal ideas. So it's love a great it. place to participate in. I have um, a website, balaboostasecret.com. And I think I gave you a link for an opt-in freebie. Yes. So if you can post that link and people sign up for that booklet, then you'll get on my mailing list and you'll get my newsletters each week, which gives you recipes sometimes. It gives you how to have uh, how to balance after school activities and dinner time. Oh, fabulous. So it'll keep you posted on all kinds of wonderful things. You'll get heads up on when I have a group coaching uh, cooking class. Um, and ways to work with me one-on-one. Awesome. I love that. That is, you know, I, what you just said about, especially, you know, um, at the time of this recording, school's in session. And that's, I think, every mom's like nightmare when like you get the practice schedules of all your various kids and the homework schedules and you're just like, oh, crap. Yeah. How am I going to do this? Yeah. So, so there's an, that is an article on my website at balaboostersecret.com. So if you're in that after school madness um, and it really is madness, check out the article and you'll get a bunch of tips. Yeah. Cause I think everyone's like, how am I going to just like, you know, be a, like a plastic woman and try to hit yeah. all the bring, things. Bring on the pizza every night. No, it's right. not going to really do that. <laughs> well, and I think that and you're, you're right. And I think that's what like most people think they're like, you know, it's easier just to go pick up pizza, Chinese or whatever, than to have what, you know, um, make dinner. And I think a lot of the stuff you talked about is like, if I could create something on a Sunday and I know that Monday and Tuesdays are our heavy lifting days, I can come home and recreate. Sometimes the time it takes you to go get your takeout um, is the same time it would have taken you to cu- cook something deliciously at home. Yeah. Or, you know, as you, as you mentioned, you know, if I had that meatball dish, how do I, you know, divide it so that on my busy days, that meatball dish is also Tuesday night dinner. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so the, I always ask my, uh, always ask all my guests one final question. What is one thing that makes you feel magical? What makes me feel magical when I hear laughter and conversation and wonderfulness in my house? Uh, there is nothing like, and, and I have a very open house, um, so it's good and bad because you yeah. can hear things from <laughs> many places. But when I hear everybody getting along and just happy, it, it fills my house with my heart with joy. And to me, that's magic. That's to me what it's all about. I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah, you're right. Like, especially because you, like you said, you like to entertain. So, you know, you always want people like to come to your house and look forward to it versus like, oh, damn it. We got to go to her house. Yeah, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what time do you think we can leave? <laughs> right. You're like, so how quickly after we put the dinner dishes in the dishwasher, can we get the hell out of here? Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, Linda, this has been absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much for taking the time this afternoon. It's been great. I've learned a couple of things. I always take some notes when I'm interviewing folks. So I just absolutely love it. I got some tips from you and I definitely will be joining your Facebook group because I always am looking for uh, something to do on busy nights. But thank you so much for taking the time. Really, it's been my pleasure, your delight. And I just want to leave your audience with a, a real simple comp- a concept. It doesn't have to be complicated yes. to be delicious. Yes. And you can make everybody's, including your life, really delicious, really easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm i going to piggyback on that. Last night, I made this simple thing, and it was a TikTok. I'll admit, I'll admit it. It was a TikTok recipe. And it was literally, I made hamburger, just put some simple seasoning in it. On top of a tortilla, put it in a pan, some cheese. Dinner. Yeah. And delicious. Delicious. And it was done in 20 minutes, I think. You couldn't cook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that that me, I was like, you know, remember when you were your kids and you'd be like, I can make McDonald's. That was McDonald's. <laughs> All right, Magic Makers, look up Linda. I know many of you, you struggle with cooking. She's your answer. Like literally she is your answer. She's not asking you to go out and get your own fresh fresh leg eggs or anything like that. She's like, let's go to the grocery store. Let's chop your pantry and just get some cooking done. Thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much.